This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. That's what we have in verse 2 of chapter 8, is this leper arriving, so to speak, by analogy, into the Holy of Holies, when before the Lord Jesus, we read in verse two, and behold, there came a leper, verse two, there came a leper and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. So there that leper is, he's before the Lord Jesus, just as if he's pushed his way through the court, the holy place into the Holy of Holies, he's pushed his way through that thick curtain that separates the holy place from the Holy of Holies, And now before the Lord Jesus, he's before the mercy seat where the cherubim have stretched their wings over it. And he's there and he's worshiping the Lord all because of the living hope. The point is the living hope drove him. And that's not all the living hope did. The living hope that was in him that resurrected by the words of the Lord Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, the living hope now drives him to a faith. A faith in verse two, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. That's faith. That's faith. Faith says, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. That's the words of faith. If thou wilt, thou canst. Thou canst is the words of faith. That's the opposite of the words of unbelief. Unbelief doesn't say, if thou wilt. The words of faith are, if thou wilt, thou canst. The words of the opposite are just, if thou canst, not if thou wilt, but if thou canst, that's unbelief. So there's no question, this this leper, there's no question in his mind as to the ability of the Lord Jesus. He knows the Lord can heal him. And the Lord was very pleased with that man's faith, that man's faith in the ability of the Lord to heal him. And the Lord healed him in verse three. And the Lord said, I will. Be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. So now the Lord then tells the leper 
to do something very unusual, very unusual in verse four. And Jesus saith unto him, see thou tell no man, but go thy way. Get those words. Jesus said to him, don't tell a soul. See thou tell no man. Go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Now, to be clear, just to be clear about this, a few more words just to make it clear. Parallel passage in Mark 144, Mark 144, Mark 144 says, same event, and Jesus, and saith unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest. So here we have it. Matthew, see thou tell no man, and just to be very clear, about what the Lord said in Mark 1.44, he said, see thou say nothing, not a word, to any man, any man. That means any man. <laughs> nothing means nothing. You say nothing to any man, nothing about what happened. And what goes on in Mark 1.44, says, show thyself the priest, offer for thy cleansing things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Now, it's not exactly what happened, because in Mark 1.45, Mark 1.45, he went out and began to publish it much and to blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in the desert places, and they came to him from a quarter. All right, so several scenes are going on in this act here, but we want to just sort of focus on his command. See thou tell no man. Say nothing to any man. Very clear directive, very clear instructions. Don't tell anybody. And the question is, why? Why? Why not? Why would not the Lord want the whole world to hear from this man what the Lord done for him? I mean, after all, the Lord said that his mission, Luke 19.10, Luke 19.10 was for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Well, if that's his mission, then why in the world would the Lord Jesus not want the lost to hear and come to him because of the healing of this leper? Why? What's behind this? What's behind this when the Lord told the healed leper not to tell anyone that the Lord had healed him. Why in the world would not the, 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 the Lord not want everyone to know that he'd healed the leper? Well, this gets back to a fundamental issue, and it has to do with how the Lord deals with each person individually and personally. Now, we can see this when we look at um, a person who has fled to Jehovah Jesus for refuge. Great chapter, great psalm that describes all this is Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place most high shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That's a picture of a person who has fled to God. And commenting on this person and God and what happens between this person and God, this great psalm, it's very important to see in this psalm that the Lord is not talking about a group of people who have run to God for protection. The first word in this psalm is the word he. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. He. And that sets the theme 
for what is being described here is the relationship between an individual, one person, it's talking about a personal, one-person relationship between that one person and God. So the psalm opens with this focus on one person, and the psalm ends in the last three verses with a continued focus on the one person, the individual who has fled to God. Last three verses, Psalm 91.14, Psalm 91.14, because he hath set his hope upon, his love upon me. Therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me. I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. You see all those words, all those singular pronouns there. The he has set his love, and I will deliver him, and I'll set him. He hath known, he shall call. I will answer him, I will be with him, I'll deliver him, I'll honor him. With long life will I satisfy him, and him, show him my salvation. It's all about he, his, and him, and not about they, their, and them. And the point is that the Lord calls his people, he calls people one by one, as it says in Isaiah 27, 12. Isaiah 27, 12, you shall be gathered one by one, O ye children of Israel. The Lord does not call a group, he calls individuals. The Lord does not gather groups of people, he gathers individual people one by one. The Lord is not interested in sweeping crowds into the kingdom, he's interested in bringing many sons to glory one by one. As it says in Hebrews 2.10, Hebrews 2.10, says, for it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory. So how does the Lord bring many sons to glory? By a personal seeking, a personal calling, a personal saving people one by one. And this was the grand error of those who had the most tragic deception that anyone can have in life of thinking they were going to heaven when they weren't, and they were thinking because they thought, I am a part of the correct group of people. In the previous chapter, in chapter seven, Matthew chapter seven, verse 22 describes these people. Matthew 7, 22 describes these people where it says, not a few, but many, many, he starts off by saying, will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Now the Lord is turning now in this Matthew 7, 22 verse, the Lord is turning now to his disciples, and he's explaining to them a great tragedy when he says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, He's talking about many, many who are in a particular group. It's not important what group it is. They're in a group. That's the important part. They're in a group. And the identity of those people, how they saw themselves, how they looked in the mirror and saw themselves, how they saw themselves, the many in that group, was given away by one word that they used when they 
rebutted with the Lord. And it's the word, very simple word, we. We. Matthew 7, 22. Have not, have we not prophesied in thy name? We. We. Their emphasis was that, no, Lord, we are the we. We are we. There must be a misunderstanding. Lord, we are part of that group that does it all good. We as a group, we preach in Jesus' name. We as a group, we cast out devils. We as a group do many wonderful works. There must be some mistake, Lord. We're Baptists, <laughs> okay? We do great things for God. We're Catholics. We care for the needy. We are, you fill in the blank. Our group does fill in the blank. And those are statements of people whose identity is in a group that they belong to. Oftentimes when I speak, especially to religious, when I speak to religious Jews, Jewish people, Orthodox, they are always using that term, we. Well, we believe, well, we, and it's all, uh, as my friend back east used to tell me, Tom, come back, come back to the ohel, come back to the tent, come back into the tent, the tent of we. And I always tell them, I said, did you ever notice that I never say we? I'm not defending Christianity. I don't care what Christianity, I don't know what Christianity believes and I don't care. I'll tell you why. But you say we. And this is the grand difference. Because in Matthew 7, they are a group coming to the Lord and their deceptions that they think that because they are part of a group that that secures them their ticket to heaven. It's so tragic because you can hear their argument, let us in because we're part of the good group. And the Lord replies, group? I don't care what group you're a part of. I'm looking at each one of you individually. Individually, one by one. And that's why it says in Matthew 7.23, 7.23, then will I profess unto you, I never know you. Depart from me. The Lord looked at each person who were claiming this allegiance to the we group, and the Lord says, I'm looking at each one of you, and there's not one of you that has a personal relationship with me and sees me, sees united to me as more important as united to your group. Not one of you that I can say, I know you. You have to leave my presence. And then the Lord described further how these people were tragically deceived. Because that's a big question. How'd that happen? That they were tragic. How could there be such a disconnect between them thinking and convinced and sure, I'm going to heaven, and the Lord saying, no, you're not. And how's that possible? So he explains in verse 24 of Matthew 7, Matthew 7, 24. Matthew 7, 24, he says, therefore, whosoever, that would mean whoever one person there be, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. The Lord is saying, Whichever one person hears in their heart what I'm saying as an individual person and follows through with action, faith is resurrected like in this leper, drives to action. He says, that's the person. And the Lord then went on to emphasize his focus on the individual when he used the word him. He said, the verse we're just talking about, Matthew 7, 24, Matthew 7, 24, I will liken him unto a wise man, not them. 
unto wise men, but him, a wise man, one individual who built his house, not their house, upon a rock. So the Lord's focus is on the individual, single person, not on the group. And that was the reason the Lord commanded the leper not to tell anyone that he'd healed him, because if the leper had broadcast around, which the leper did do, how the Lord healed him, there would have been a mob reaction, and there was a mob reaction, a great group where masses would have flocked to the Lord just for healing, without any regards to the need of establishing a personal one-on-one relationship with the Lord, and that's what happened as the leper went out and broadcast everyone everywhere that the Lord had healed him of his leprosy, the mob assembled, and the Lord wanted nothing to do with that big group. So the Lord left the city. He left the city, and he went out and camped out in the desert. And that way, anyone who wanted to come to the Lord came one by one into the desert, which wasn't easy. To find the Lord, just like when the tabernacle was removed from the middle of the camp of Israel in the desert there. And then those who wanted to seek the Lord, they had to leave the camp and go one by one out to the tabernacle in Moses' day. And that's recorded in Exodus 33.7. Exodus 33.7. Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp, afar off from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that every one which sought the Lord, went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. So the Lord's interest is in a personal relationship, a personal relationship that's not fostered by a mob rushing to the Lord. And that's why oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes the Lord performed miracles on people privately and make it as personal and intimate as possible. Remember, there was a raising of a daughter, and the Lord said, no, I'm going in alone with the family, that's all. Because this is just how the Lord deals with souls, one by one. Each person needs to come to the Lord directly and discover for themselves intimately who the Lord is themselves, and based on that knowledge, establish their own relationship with the Lord, which is based on confession, repentance, dedication, and commitment to him, and that's not done as a group. The Lord is very interested in those who come to their own conclusions of who the Lord is, and he emphasized this to his disciples when they were uh, right by the seaside, the beach, at Caesarea Philippi, and sits down with his disciples and starts this conversation about what do other people think? Matthew 16, 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? They said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, For flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. So what the Lord is doing here is that he's drawing out from his disciple what others, what the crowds thought of who he was. And then in a dramatic turn, 
Just like the Lord is turning to each one of his disciples and says, how about you? I mean you. How about you? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do each of one of you say? I, who do each of one of you say I am? So this issue of what the crowd thinks versus what the individual thinks was what the Lord addressed when he was standing before Pilate in the most important time in Pilate's life. Will never be repeated again, just this one time, one opportunity, and when the Lord speaks to Pilate as an individual, one-on-one, in John 18.33, John 18.33. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? So Pilate is asking the Lord, are you the king of the Jews? That was Pilate, the creature, asking Jesus, his creator, a question about who the Lord was. And that was the Lord's true compassion for Pilate. That was the Lord's love for Pilate. That was the Lord interested in the lost Pilate being found by the Lord Jesus So in essence, what the Lord is saying to Pilate is he's saying to Pilate, Pilate, have you given any thought yourself as to who I am? Have you stopped just listening to the crowds and closed that door and gone into the inner sanctum of your own heart and asked the question, who is Jesus? Have you done that? He's saying, are you saying the words king of the Jews because you heard it? Someone else told you that? Pilate, have you thought of how you need me to be your king right now? That's the conversation that's going on, the unspoken conversation. Most meaningful conversation that Pilate will ever have on this side of Pilate's eternity. And that was the time when the Savior turned to Pilate and asked him, how about you, Pilate? Just as he did with the disciples. Isn't it time that you stop listening to the crowds? Isn't it time that you make your own personal decision to fall before me like the leper did? Worship, confess me as God? Isn't this your time, Pilate, to be saved from your sins? And it all came down to the Lord's individual, intimate call to Pilate, for Pilate to bow and worship before Jesus as his king, when the Lord said in John 18, 34, John 18, 34, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? Now, it's important when we consider this to see that this directive that the Lord gave to the leper to not make known the fact that the Lord had healed him was made to a Jewish leper, and the command was to not make this healing known to the Jewish people. It's very important to see that. Why? Because the Jewish people were different from all the other people, and the main difference between the Jewish people and other people is described for us in Romans 3, 1 and 2. Romans 3, 1 and 2 where the question is asked, what advantage then hath the Jew, and what profit is there in circumcision? Answer, much every way, chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. Unto them were committed the Bible. Only to the Jewish people were committed the scriptures. As a matter of fact, the enemies of the Jews, the Arabs, the Arab people, refer to the Jewish people today as the people of the book. That's how they refer to the people of the book. And that's how God sees the Jewish people too. They are the people of the book. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.